welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now. And Julie, I think you're going to be so stoked for this episode because we're talking about one of your favorite things. Yes, I know every single time that we do one of these episodes, I say it's something that's your favorite thing. But today, I think I might be right. We're talking about masculinity today. And we got on just a nice hodgepodge of people that everyone's going to be like, who are these people? Um, but it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited. Um, I'll just get right into it, introducing people. So we're going to have uh, Jared, can I say your last name? I was about to say it, don't want to if you don't want me to. Sure. Jared Peterson, um, he graduated. Uh, Jared and I, you guys have probably heard me talk a lot like, oh, I speak Spanish. I'm so cool. I went to Spain. I spoke Spanish. Um, so I served my mission in Chiapas with uh, Jared. He was a um, uh, he was a direct report, I would call him. Um, he is graduated from BYU-Hawaii in psychology and business, and he's going to the Masters of Behavioral and Decision Science program at University of Pennsylvania, not Penn State, in the fall. Um, this is, he prefers cheese to chocolate and chocolate to vanilla, and um, then he has this little thing down here that he says he served his mission with me before I became a heathen, which I resent, but hey, he put it down, so I'll read it. Ron Burgundy, that. You'll get over so, Jared, it's nice to have you. Um, if you could talk so people can know your voice and know who's talking. This is my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Um, also, we have uh, Todd on the program. He is a chemical engineer. He's a husband and a father of two girls. He's an avid reader with interests in philosophy, religion, history, languages, and music. And uh, one cool thing that he's doing right now is he's reading the entire Old No, the entire Bible, right? In, uh, uh, not, Old not Aramaic. Oh, the Old Testament. Yep. Is it in Hebrew? Yes. Oh. Yep. Reading in Hebrew. That's I'm my that's gonna... my goal. Finish it by the end of the year. How how far are you? I'm in Ezekiel right now. So, over halfway through, I'm on track. <sighs> I don't even. I don't even remember what ha what's a cool story from the book of Ezekiel. Something with bones, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's that. Uh, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Uh, but yeah, there's the Valley of Bones where they all come back together with the flesh on them. Uh, there's also a really trippy story at the beginning with uh, a vision of um, a chariot with throne of God and a wheel and wheels inside of wheels with eyes on the wheels. It's really cool stuff. So yeah. you can imagine reading in that in Hebrew is uh, kind Cooler of Cooler in Hebrew? Yeah. Or uh, is it like it's just equally really normal? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I imagine. Did you yes. notice uh, Alex's Elder Skinner's face? When he uh, yes. knew what happened in the book of Ezekiel, he was so yeah. proud of himself. I was so excited. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's something with bones in that. It's one of those It's one of those books nobody reads. No yep. offense. I'm glad that you're doing it. But I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, I can tell you what happened in Exodus, Genesis, maybe a little bit of Samuel. Oh, and Amos. Because that's the in the belly that's I right. created you scripture. So Amos 1.5. Boom. It's actually Jeremiah, but yeah. Well, see you later. Wait, Amos. <laughs> is Amos a prophet one too? Yes. Doesn't Amos do one on prophets? Yeah, Amos prophet. 3, 7, I believe. Yeah. Man, no one knows. Um, <laughs> screw you guys. I, uh, all right, let's start over. Um, and then also we have on uh, Sheila again, and she is known for being married to our very, very special podcast celebrity, Sebastian Cyclone. Sheila Cyclone, it's good to have you on again. Thanks, um, Alex. Apparently, she wants me to tell you that I feel like I've already told people this that you work in advertising and media. I didn't have anything media. to say. Oh, okay. Like I, I just meant like any like new stuff that you wanted me to say. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, Sheila's the same. Um, she's a California native who lives in Brooklyn. 
Um, most importantly, she is a woman. Um, she put that there. Uh, I did not, but I do mention every single time we do the podcast that she like for some reason like oh this is how I justify everything I say. Um, so sorry all of the ladies out there, but I am very stoked and excited to be talking about this subject. Um, I'll tell you what, there was probably like 1,000 Facebook messages that I had to read through this morning um, because we were doing a little pre, pre-podcast discussion and it was like hard to follow. So I'll probably steal some people's points on accident, but that's whatever. Um, the first thing that I want to start off, I actually want to target this question towards you, Sheila, is what is a man? Oh, God. Okay. Well, yeah, um, God is a God is a man, or is it, or is or, he a woman? I, good question. Um, I, I mean, I think there's two ways that you could look at it. You could look at it from a biological perspective, or like in like a sociological perspective. So, like anatomy. How do you, ver- how do you look at it? Yes. What did you just say? How do you look at it? Oh, I thought you said ew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of. I, I think I think I look at it like there's the the basic the basic like anatomy like if you have uh, a certain genitalia or you have an X and Y chromosome then you are a male um, but that's not I don't think that that captures everything about what a male is so then you have the more the masculinity or the attributes or the traditional ways that people look at manhood or masculinity so I think that. I mean, I don't know if you want me to get into those, but. Um. Well, this more just like, I, th- I feel like there's just very, very standard definitions that a lot of people, obviously everyone has like their own opinion on what exactly it is. Um, like my personal, <laughs> my personal opinion on like on what it is to be a man is, I, th- I think most people view it as like some type of protector almost. Um the protector, the person who's providing, the per- the person who's providing security to different type of people, whether that be children or other women or other men potentially as well. Um, the highest man ranking will very often be in charge of other men as well. But not that I necessarily 100% agree with that, but I feel like that's the very basic um, definition of a man. Uh, Todd or Jared, jump in. Uh, how do you feel about Wonder Woman? That's a really good question. I, I I thought the movie was good. Like the Wonder Woman, the character. Or the, or <laughs> Not the what movie, I meant. <laughs> the, I thought we were talking about masculinity today. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for the trick Curve questions. There. Yeah. How do I feel about? Well, no, no, no. That's. I no, think that's a know, really good point. You like, said how men are you know protectors, but obviously women can do that too. And we have many examples. Um, in uh, Israel is the example I think of. Where, um, where it's very common, or I think it's required that women join the military. Really? Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. I'll I mean, t- I know there are a lot of I'll... women in the military there. Yeah. It may not be required, but it's certainly a very common thing for yeah. Israeli women to be in the military. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I have a take on the Wonder Woman thing. So, like, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman, we were talking uh, about the, if we're talking about the attributes of masculinity and the attributes of femininity, I mean, there could be some overlap there as well. So... Like maybe Wonder Woman has some virtues and attributes in common with what we call masculinity. Does that mean she's a masculine person? Maybe we don't need to say it that way, but uh, yeah, there might be some overlap. Yeah, no, it doesn't mean she's a man, right? Uh, But uh, uh, probably looking at Wonder Woman uh, as a protector, uh, somebody who's strong, somebody who's confident, uh, 
that's, uh, those are virtues and attributes that would fall under masculinity as well. Like to be a, to be a good man would be to do those type of things too. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think when we were talking about this earlier, the first word that kept coming to mind when I thought of masculinity was strength and like both emotionally or, and emotionally being like resilience. Um, and then physically, like I think of like physical strength, not necessarily like, you know, you don't have to be like totally ripped, but like strength to protect. So going back to like the protector, um, one, one of you said protector, um, and like just general strength, but that doesn't, that didn't, that didn't mean that vulnerability or those types of things, um, were not a part of what it meant to be a man. It just, that was like the word that kept coming to mind. Hmm. Yeah. Is vulnerability an attribute of masculinity? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it's a good it's a good thing, wh whether it falls under a masculine virtue. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would say, man, uh, I feel like in society, it's not like it's not like vulnerability is not an uh, a masculine attribute. Like it's 100 um, percent. I think there's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about that that has to to do with this, where it's like um, we were talking about this earlier, where it's men, it's kind of almost like frowned upon to cry and it's like kind of uncomfortable when a man cries, especially in like a large group. Maybe like if you're like, it's just like a one-on-one -on -one type situation. Um, whereas where if it's with a woman, there's generally a lot of comforting going on. But like when it's a man that is crying, it's kind of just like, well, okay, toughen up. The fact that we have like, that we have terms like that, man up, toughen up. Um, I can't, I can't think of the third one to complete the, complete the trio, but. Uh, well, it goes the opposite direction too, right? When you're trying to insult a yeah. man. You know, the uh, the common You're one when I was a kid was, that's gay. Everything that you didn't like was gay. And if some somebody did something that was not masculine enough, they were gay. And there were also more offensive terms as well. But, I mean, that was offensive enough as it is. But there's always this element of trying to demean a man by taking away his masculinity. And gay was one of those terms that did that. Whether he did it successfully, I don't know, but... What is that? I can't think of that word right now. When like you demean a man, what's that word? Emasculate. Yeah. Emasculate. There we go. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting that we have like all of these different ways to like what what does emasculate even mean? Like emasculate just means to take away one's masculinity, right? Does that seem correct? Is it, okay. Is there a female equivalent of that? Like to um, effeminate. Is that a word? If, if I've thought about like that. It doesn't word. seem like Sounds it. Cool. But... Yeah, I, I don't know what you, so yeah, th this kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the chat that uh, for women or for rather for females, womanhood is something that's just biological. It's something that's kind of you just have. But for men, it's earned. It's not something that comes naturally. You have to kind of go through a process. You have to be a certain way in order to be considered a man. And that'd be like the social uh, oh. definition that Sheila was talking about, right? Yes. As opposed to the biological well, cause that's like, like there's this transition of boyhood to manhood where like there's these steps that you have to take. Whereas if you're making the transition from girlhood to womanhood, it's more of like nature is acting on you. Is that my way off when I say that? Does that make sense? Like, like literally this is going to sound terrible. What makes you a woman is you can have babies now, right? Like, is I, I, like, I don't agree with that, but isn't that sort of how we like view how womanhood? we perceive like, it? Okay. Congratulations. Kind of. In, in uh, traditional cultures, menarchy, 
which is a strange word, but it means a woman's first period. Menarche is usually the, the, the time that a girl becomes a woman. And it's this event. Whereas for men, it's like, yeah, you start hitting puberty, but you're still not a man yet. You have to go through some kind of trial, some kind of rite of passage before you're considered a man. You have to go fight wolves in like really, really cold tie up mountains, as I learned in the 300. In 300, yeah. There you, go. you all had to do that, right? <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. I got my Eagle Scout. <laughs> I uh, did not. My, my parents sent me to Boy Scout camp. So that, was, <laughs> that was my trial. <laughs> and that is a trial in and of itself to make you into a man. Oh, I hated Boy Scout camp. Um, because I think, I also feel like there is way more, man, it's crazy. Like sometimes, this is just going to sound like me complaining as a man. Like as a, as a heterosexual middle-class male, I understand how much easier life is for me. And I've seen those benefits throughout my life and whatnot. But I really feel like there is a ton of pressure that, uh, that is put onto men, um, there's obviously pressure on women, but a lot of that more has to do with like, how can you serve the man? And then with the man, it's how can you provide for the woman? Like, there's still a ton of, like, for example, you have to, you have to make money as a man. Like, it's expected that you have a job, a good enough job that you can provide for however many kids you have, a wife or whatnot. You have to be, like Sheila said, physically dominating potentially in order to protect those people. And I don't think people realize how much pressure that actually is on a person. And so the fact that a lot of men kind of in return ask for maybe that a woman act a little more feminine or be beautiful, like it's almost kind of equal in a sense. I'm trying to, um, I'm very carefully on the eggshells right now. We, we won't not judge to sound, Because I don't 100% <laughs> agree with what I'm saying, but like I kind of, I kind of feel like just because men have had control throughout all of human history doesn't necessarily mean that um, there was never any pressure on us. Yeah, there, there, there aren't challenges. Yeah. Well, and I think like women feel the need, they, like felt that need to be protected because they needed to be protected. So I, and I feel like, like, so if your argument is like, okay, well, we're going to protect you, but we are asking for something in return. Like I, Something about that, and I know that's not necessarily what you totally think, but it, it's like women are attracted to men that are strong because they needed to be protected regardless of what they should be get, like whatever the give and take is there. Like that's, I feel like that's why women are drawn to that. They might not need to be protected so much anymore, but that's like kind of. Because as a short little five foot eight white guy, it, it was, it, it's difficult. <laughs> I'm not I'm not six foot two with with the three percent body fat to perfectly defend every single person and and you can definitely tell there's people who are just like nah not interested um, not that like I'm unhappy with where I am in my life or anything like that but there's totally like if if I've been discriminated against in my life it would be for this like this type of thing where it's just like sorry you're not five foot ten which is my minimum you know what I mean like yeah well it's, it's just like very much a, it's very much a real thing. Oh, well, yeah. easy there, Jared. I don't have short man syndrome. I'm not mad about it. I'm okay with it. You sound a little mad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm muting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, I see thanks, for mas- thanks for emasculating me on the masculinity. This is part of the problem. Come on, men. We have to we have to support and help each other. I, think I there's know. Actually something, there's actually <laughs> something that's going on like that, isn't there? Like. You know how like women have been saying like, "Hey, we need to support each other." Like for some reason, men are coming together to help support each other. Whatever. Hey, that's good. Men yeah. can support each other. 
Yeah. We can some men support groups. We can support each other for like real problems, not like, oh, I'm so discrim I'm so discrim Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's the five foot eight guys. Short. Um because I think a huge thing is uh more than anything, uh this is kind of an interesting thing, like I don't want to talk too much about gender roles when, when we're discussing this, but another thing that's really weird is like dudes aren't allowed to be like physically or emotionally intimate with anyone except a partner, one partner. They can't be physically and emotionally intimate with other women because that's cheating. Um, so like it's very monogamous now, even though potentially in the past it was more polyamorous. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, and then with women, it's like they can find support wherever they want. Um, is that because men are supposed to like be these independent, we can do every, no joke today in a meeting that I was in, like, how did they phrase it? Just like, you know, that's, this is why men are so good at sales jobs because they just like desire it. They desire the power and everything like that. And I do feel like that is a very common belief towards men that we just desire power and control over things. Do men desire power and control? Yes. I, I don't. <laughs> I personally don't. Like, I don't really, I don't, like, I let my wife do whatever she wants, because obviously, like, within reason. <laughs> I'm not like, all right, cool, so now you're a serial killer? All right, I totally support that. We may not desire power, just as in, like, we want to dominate, but we certainly have this desire to be the top of the food chain, uh, the top of the hierarchy. I think that's very common, that people, especially men, seek leadership positions, and a and women do too, but not at the same rate and not in the same intensity that men tend to. Is there, but like, is that like, uh, my question or my retort to that would be like, is that more of a societal built-in factor or is that natural? It's probably both, honestly. I think it is both. So uh, one way I was thinking of it as like a more general idea is that um, – there, I think there's a virtue of masculinity of a drive to excellence, to achieve things. Um, and I could see power or moving up in a hierarchy uh, playing into that. Like, but that's more of a social structure, right? So if, there's, if there is a structure where hierarchies are around and being excellent uh, manifests itself in that form of moving up a hierarchy or having subordinates, then that might be the way that you express it, where... Um, it might be expressed in other ways in, in different, uh, in different areas where you just want to be really good, want to excel in something. What's also kind of crazy though, is like masculinity is 100% different depending on the region that you're from. Like, like Jared and I, like in Mexico, masculinity is way different than it is like here in the United States. I don't know if it's because, um, the United States is more liberal or progressive in how we've sort of treated things like that. Maybe it's because like, we don't really have a state religion. I know Mexico doesn't have a state religion, but ultimately Catholicism is like a very dominant religion there. Um, but it was <clears throat> men and women's relationships were much different in Mexico than they are for the most part in the United States. Um, like women, it's, it's basically just like women don't work. And what, are, and uh, what is it like for the men? they they work they do everything they provide oh, okay. and the woman like and the woman like does everything at, within the home and the man does everything outside of the home yeah i don't obviously exceptions you, uh, but i don't know if you ever left early in the morning when you if you ever left at like 5 a.m in mexico and you walk down the streets every woman 
was outside their house sweeping the street in front of their door. Like the dust. these women were incredibly active from sunrise to well after everyone else went to bed, cleaning the house, cooking, doing the laundry, I mean doing everything for their family. Um that there was these very strong social expectations of what it is that women and men should do in the culture. Lots of machismo. Yeah. Machismo. Exactly. Well, and, and so, I mean, we were talking about historically too, like just in, in literature, you could see there are definitely different ideals for what men are going to be like. So like in, uh, with the crying, uh, with Homer, um, weeping i told is... you todd that homer isn't real <laughs> well you, you, you know what they say example uh, homer didn't really write the odyssey but a guy with the same name <laughs> did but uh yeah no so i mean the weeping is not seen as being um unmasculine uh, uh, odysseus achilles would weep and that was that was seen as a masculine virtue and um uh, in the bible we see lots of examples of that as well but it there's kind of uh there's mitigation as well like david uh, wept for his son Absalom. Uh, I could talk about this because I'm reading the Bible. So uh, David wept for his son Absalom uncontrollably for many days, but then also uh, one of his servants came in eventually and said, "Hey, you need to you need to get over it and uh, rule your kingdom." Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't just like you could be to- totally totally lose it. Uh, but I do think, yeah, you're right that uh, uh, that example today in uh, American society, yeah, weeping is probably not something that goes over too well. So yeah, you but why see, is that? Like that's my question. Like what? Like that's yeah. It's kind of unfair. Yeah, but there does seem to be a situational aspect to it, where, um, I mean, I'm I'm not in the military, and I don't really know many people that are in the military, um, but it seems like, at, le- at least in the movies I've seen, that uh, military men once they are actually in battle and once they've experienced these things together, there is kind of this emotional connection. That doesn't exist before that so i wonder if it has more to do with how individual we are uh, just in general but in these in certain situations where we're thrust into battle or whatever it is where you have to come together to do these things whether men can be a lot more open and and crying to each other's arms and stuff like that i i, I mean i I guess I don't know. I don't see like men crying with each other ever. So I don't, I don't know like what those dynamics are. I feel like women are fairly comfortable crying in front of other women, but there has to be some sort of like some sort of connection or I don't know. Actually, I take that back. I've seen a lot of girls crying in bars in public. So So, yeah, like with people they don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like lots of girls make friends in the bathroom of bars because girls are just, I feel like more like, uh, it's it's easier oh. to like become quick friends. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm remembering. Uh, I, I read. Uh, it might have been a Huffington Post. There was something about like women helping women. Do you remember that, Jared? It was just like all these real life examples of random women meeting, uh, helping each other in different situations who they didn't even know, and like made an instant uh, connection. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I use the bar example because I just feel like, I mean, obviously everyone's drinking when you're in that example, so things are a little bit different. But it's much I mean, easier to cry when you're drinking. It is much easier to cry when you're there drinking. Seems, there seems to be more easy. Uh, yeah. There, se- there seems to be more solidarity among women. Yeah. There's a lot of competition among women, but I think that like it's easier to be vulnerable among women than it might be for men to be vulnerable ab- among men. 
Like, I think women are, are, women are more likely to want to comfort others, I think, than maybe men are. Men aren't necessarily sure how they can comfort others. Like, it's not maybe a skill or something that they learn to do from childhood. Oh, absolutely. But, but girls I've are like... I've got stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bet. You know, uh, are there... Pr- are there pros to it? Like, like I'm, I'm, as, as you were talking, Sheila, and I was not paying attention. Just kidding. I was. Um, like, but as like you were describing that, like, are there pros to men being able to do this? Like, do we feel like if we're, if we make it more one, actually, how do we even get to there where it's just like, it's, it's going to take, it's an, I, I say this word every single pod, podcast, like based on evolution, it's not just going to happen like right away. It's one of those things that we're just going to have to evolve and allow um, nature to take its course, I guess. But one, how, how do we start making that okay? And then two, is it actually going to benefit society for men to be more emotional and like emotionally supportive with one another? Um, we've been doing pretty well so far, but I'm always open to things getting better. So question, do you think that men want to be more emotionally supportive of other men? Or do you think that like that, like, do you think that the discomfort around that is social or, like what? Like what do you? Because th- I because it, it's not just you. Like you're not the one that only has to be vulnerable. The person that's receiving it and comforting you also has to show vulnerability. So it's kind of like two different. Depends stuff. on the person. It depends on the dude because there, there's going to be. I'll have to bleep myself, but like there's going to be the dudes who are just like, oh that dude's a. T-. And there's going to be the, the then there's going to be the people that are like, I care about humans and I want to make sure that all humans, regardless of sex, gender, religion, ethnicity, whatever it may be, are happy and as in as good of a position as possible. But I would say it's kind of like the old guard argument for a lot of things. You have this old guard, which is like, well, when I was a kid, if it's crazy, like to think like when I was a kid, I went to war. So I don't, I see all these guys putting around. It was funny. My dad used that exact term on the Vietnam, on the Vietnam podcast. Plus, I mean, not describing people like this, but around like these guys putting on makeup these guys i don't know why i always go to a southern accent whenever i'm doing something that's like super uh like discriminatory uh, <laughs> and your, da- your dad's not southern at all i know and my dad's not southern he's from arizona um and i i think it's just because like you have all these people who they're gonna raise their sons like that too and their sons are gonna be like that and just perpetuates itself I would. I think ideally it'd be great if we could all emotionally support each other. I don't know how far that goes, but I'm always for humans helping humans where we can. I'll say for my part, in answer to the question, I, I, for me personally, I would like it. Or I do like it. I have uh, close friends who I'm able to be vulnerable with, and I think it's great. But uh, yeah, I agree with Alex. I mean, I'm not going to do it with anyone um, because it is kind of scary, right? I mean, I do feel like I would be judged or belittled by. Uh, certain people. So I would definitely have a guard up uh, in those do situations. Do you think I'd judge you, Todd? No, no, not at all. <laughs> you, yes. can, you can always, you can always, you can always emotionally open up to me. This <laughs> wow. That's... And that's not just for Todd. That's for everybody listening right now. Everyone Thanks listening. for listening to KISS 97.4. I feel like because you're saying it so close to the microphone and so low that you made it creepy. A little yes. bit. Well, <laughs> is there any time that Alex is not creepy? To illustrate, to illustrate the point, like, like, could you imagine if someone who's like super socially awkward is just like, "Hey, I'd like to emotionally support you." I, that sounds weird. When you say emotionally support it sounds like an emotional support animal. Will you come on planes with me? Um, but I, I, like, honestly, I, I think, like Todd just said, he has people that are emotionally supportive of him. But there's just so much 
everyone just wants to be better than everybody else. So wherever they can differentiate from people where it's like, Hey, you're a huge wuss because you have a, <laughs> Hey, you're a huge wish because you have emotions. I'm better than you. Yeah. Or that they'll, yeah. Uh, compare themselves to you and their problems like, Oh, well, you've, uh, your life is really messed up. I've definitely have it put together. I mean, if, if I felt like anyone were going to be thinking that way, I definitely wouldn't want to, uh, be vulnerable. Yeah. And you know, actually, um, I, I'm probably more comfortable being vulnerable with, with women, honestly. It's a little easier because I, I probably uh, don't expect that they'll do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and women encourage vulnerability, I think, for the most Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yep. Like women in men, want... right? Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, men, yeah. Because wh- women want to see that. They want... they Like, I think that there's... I can't speak for all women, but like, I feel like because I know that men do not have as many opportunities to show that vulnerability, it's like you want to welcome it and encourage it and bring it out and create a safe space. So I can totally see why it would be a lot easier to talk to women about these things than men. There does seem to be a generational aspect to this as well. I think I the found the war. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the, the younger generation seems to be a lot more open with their emotions. Um, there's a, a famous study, a famous case study, I believe it was in the oil industry, um, where there was a lot of injuries, right? You know, these guys working on these oil rigs, and they're constantly getting hurt and all of this stuff. And, and uh, they brought in some experts, and they're like, okay, help us figure out how to limit how many injuries are actually happening. And what the experts found was that these men would find something was wrong, but they were afraid to mention it. It was a sign of weakness that they were scared. And so they weren't mentioning when something was going wrong. And they're like, okay, you're literally putting people's lives at risk because you're not willing to come off as emotionally, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just scared, I guess. You know, like, they were too like scared. Like toughen up, like toughen up. Yeah. It's not that scary. Man exactly. up. You know, I, so I work in the chemicals industry and I could totally understand that. It is very frustrating too because, uh, yeah, I mean, people, people want to, uh, act tough, like oh, uh, uh, don't this don't want to bring up safety issues. Like oh, I don't I don't feel safe <laughs> doing this. And I remember one time I was I was in a situation where uh, we were doing some uh, uh, procedure, and I didn't think it was safe, and I didn't feel good doing it. And I brought it up, and uh, it wasn't even received well. It was it was very uh, upsetting. But uh, so yeah, I can totally see that happening. It wasn't received well when you go and said when you went and said like, hey, this is dangerous. No, it wasn't. I I, I think there was a little bit of that, like oh, toughen up. Yeah. Well, I even think about like, this is, this is maybe a weird example, but like every year, like my husband's family, like on New Year's Eve, like just goes and blows things up. Like, like, you know, fireworks or there's just like a whole family ritual of like, Hey, throw a hairspray bottle in the fire. Like, I don't know, but all of the women in the family. (laughs) And that's why he has a criminal record. (laughs) (laughs) With bombs. Um, (laughs) Inside baseball. uh, But, it's a little inside baseball, but, but I think about like how all the women are always inside and we're always so angry and we're like, like, you can't do this. Someone's going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. And if like one of those men were to be like, no, 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 this is not a good idea. I feel like they'd be totally ostracized from the rest of the men because it's like such a, but it's a totally dangerous thing. And, I, and it, I'm still Is everything just it. a dick <laughs> measuring contest? Uh, what? Is, yeah. Is everything just a dick measuring contest? <laughs> it's, it's, it's ultimately who can do the the most dangerous, most stupid things possible. Like that, that's no. You actually want to know? I'm gonna walk that back. I don't want to say stupid because I feel like uh, that's very 
I, I would say like do the most dangerous things though because like the most ballsy thing. Yeah, the most because yeah. it's it's heroic. It's um brave. It's brave more than anything, which I think is a huge masculine uh, quality that people expect a man to have. Um, and so it's constantly just like uh, it's like games of chicken. Frequently, every single thing that a man does, regardless of how significant or insignificant it is, it just always comes back to that. And but at the same time, I have a question: like, how far do you like let it go? Like, how how much of quote unquote manliness or lack of manliness are we going to allow people to have because if i see a dude who like doesn't have a job and isn't really a great stay-at-home dad and is just mooching off of his wife but but ultimately actually you want to know what that that that, that's just because he's a terrible person it has nothing to do with him being a man like it's just because he's a he's, he's a pos ultimately he's just like a leech type of person if a woman did that i'd think the exact same thing but how, but how far do you go? Like, how far is it just like, all right, yep. Like, okay, like, men can, like, you can Michael Scott out of the building before everybody, before all the women and children. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Like, um, why, <laughs> yeah. why was I the first one out during the fire? Well, because people say women and children first. Well, one, we're not a sweatshop, so we don't employ children. <laughs> Two, I let the women, first I let the women out. If I let the women out first, then, oh, uh, what is it? If I let the women out first, then I have a then I have a lawsuit on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, but how far do you go? Like, am I going to be like judged if I bounce out of whatever dangerous situation? Before I agree. Yeah. You know no, I was saying like I woke up this morning um, a little bit less inclusive uh, in uh, my ideas, at least on the social aspect of masculinity. Because like yesterday, I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, like everyone's a man. You know, uh, everyone who wants to be. Um, and, and I think that's true to an extent. Like, uh, I, I mean, if people are insecure about their masculinity, I want to say, hey, you know what? Um, you are. Don't stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about whether or not you're a man and just act like a man, right? So that's kind of moving from the just saying, yes, the biological, you check that box, but now you got to fill this uh, uh, sociological role uh, of masculinity. I, I think there are standards there. Um, and I also agree, like you were saying, a lot of it just ties into what is it, what is being a good human being, right? There's definitely going to be overlap, but I think it's okay to, to think of it in terms of, of being uh, a good man. We probably, we probably don't generally think of the roles that we have for ourselves and the narratives that we have at the high level, like uh, sentient being or human. We usually go a little lower than that, uh, like a, a member of some a nationality, religion, or or our gender of being uh, being a man or a woman. Man, I just keep thinking like I was thinking about this on the train today because it's expected of a man to die for his significant other, to die for his children or whatever it may be. And I think when you start dealing with children, that's less of a gender role and more of an age role, right? Um, because like, I think uh, a woman would die for her kids just as much as a man would. And it's like, okay, a three-year-old child has more of a life to live than I do as a 28-year-old uh, person. But I think my wife and I, we would both have difficulty deciding like, all right, who's going to die for the other one? Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't simply come down to like, 
all right, because I'm a man, it looks like I'm going to die. Like, there's going to be some sort of, like, well, obviously, like, depending on the situation, there's going to be some sort of back and forth. But, like, if the question was posed of, if Thanos, if Thanos with his, his snap of his fingers was like, all right, it's one of you two, you guys have to decide which one it is type of situation. Um, Thanos um, from the uh, Infinity Wars movie, when he snaps his finger, he kills half of the universe. Um like I, I wonder how that would work out. I don't think because I'm a man, I'm the one who has to die. And I don't think because my wife loves me, she's the one that has to die either. Like that's like a really tough decision to make where I would want to die and she would want to die. Um, it, it doesn't. And I think that that situation kind of, I, I would like for that to change where the idea is like, okay, the man always has to die in a given situation or sacrifice in a given situation because it really should be mutual. Everybody wanting to do the most that they can to help everybody. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think... Thanks. A, I, Thanks, Sheila. I, well, I just... I, I think it's an interesting comment because I, I never think about the man being the one that needs to die in that sort of situation. I know that men tend to be the, like the heroes. Like they go make the heroic moves. But like we're the ones who want to. Yeah, but and I Wonder also associate Woman. that with like a with a with a cape like th- they can actually do that. Like, who's gonna lift the car off the kid? Not me. Whoa, but whoa, like, whoa, maybe whoa, a strong whoa, whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No time out. No, no, no. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. I'm editing a couple podcasts, and I say no, no, no a lot. Um, women can do it too. Like you, you hear the stories of the of uh, you know fight or flight, and the mom just goes and is like, "It's up." And like and like the superhuman crazy beast thing. mode. Yeah, I don't think like I don't think like I don't think it's required that it's like here's a, here's a mother idea. How about you both lift the car? It's gonna be a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I like, like I don't think it's just like the like I don't I honestly don't think if a car's on top of a child, it's just gonna be the dad lifting and the mom's like, man, I gotta Instagram this. Let me get a picture of this. <laughs> picture what about this. the uh... my husband is so heroic. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Titanic situation, though, where it's like, uh, you know, you oh, have a yeah. certain number oh, well, of people. That's stupid. The Titanic situation is stupid because they both could have fit on the fucking piece of wood. <laughs> but, but, like, but like women and children first, is that what you mean? Or you mean like literally the. Are you asking Todd or me? Todd. Yeah, yeah. Where, um, I mean, the idea, uh, the idea was, yeah, get all the women and children, save them. Uh, I think children first. I personally think children first because. They deserve the like. I even though I'm young still, like it should just ultimately be like, okay, so who are we gonna save? It's like this 70 year old man, like, so how old are you? 65. All right, looks like I'm dying. So how old are you? All right, you're 30. Looks like I'm dying. Like, like the people that have had their opportunity get to die first is like kind of how <laughs> I like. Like I, I don't, I don't have like the special thing for like the elderly. Like they have some sort of special right or anything like that, um, because. The people who have the least amount of time to make stuff out of their life, I give deference to. What do you think, Jared? I feel like... <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, you go ahead, Sheila. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I want to go for it. It's a tough question because what I would do personally is perhaps different than what I would recommend others. Because personally, like, if I were in a situation where it's like either me or some friend, just say some female friend, not necessarily a girlfriend, just some female friend... And it's a choice of either me or her dying. I hope that I have the balls to die. Like, I want to be that person. I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, well, let's uh, do rock, paper, scissors to see who dies. <laughs> like, no, I want best to be the guy. Of, that, best two out of three. That <laughs> I want to be the guy that just doesn't says, 
you know what? I'm going to push her out of the way and I'm going to go kill myself in order to save her. That's the guy I want to be. Whether I would actually be that guy in that situation, well, that's a different conversation and it's hard to know because I've never been in such a situation. And then there's the question of what I would recommend to others. And that, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's almost like a, uh, I, I place more value on women, I think. Not in a sense of... Than men, than they not have, children. Like, children. Sorry, yeah. So I, I place more value on women than I would on, on a man. And I'm not sure why that is. I think that's just some cultural baggage that I've carried with me over the years. But, you know, if it came down to it, like, on the Titanic, I would want the women and children to go first. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that, and if we were doing, like, a... Uh, consequentialist analysis here. I don't know how that would all uh, work out, but but I think it might be that uh, part of mascul- a masculine trait is just kind of that uh, that impulse, like uh, women and children first. Like that's just so that is a trait feel. that a man should have, or it's just like naturally ingrained well, into us. I think I think uh, in a way, Jared does uh, at least the conclusion of what Jared was saying is kind of that, right? I mean, because uh, Jared feels that way for himself. That could be a nurture uh, so thing, yeah, though, too, because I feel it. like the way that we were brought up, uh, us three at least, the three men on the podcast, uh, would we are supposed to do that, like the men die for the women. Yeah. Sorry right, for interrupting. And, absolutely. Yeah, and then whether but, whether or not that's a good thing, I mean, then you're going to second-order analysis there, but uh, whether the value is, is the value it should be. But, uh, but yeah, that does seem to be... What Jared it, said, like, ideally, this is how I see it. I do see that the men die, and I'm okay with that. But ideally, what would happen is you go, hey, I'd like to die for you, but at least there's some pushback. <laughs> like, it's not just like, it's oh. not just like the woman's like, sounds good. All right. Uh, sounds take, about right. Yeah. You just go into the water, Jack. Um, like, uh, I feel like there should be some sort of, because it comes back to like a person. Uh, I, I, Sheila and I talk about this all the time, that the ultimate rule is don't be a dick. So if there is a woman who is just like, okay, cool. That dude just totally said that he'd die for me. I'm going to take it. I would much rather that person die than the person who's <laughs> who, who's willing to sacrifice themselves for them because that person is a terrible person. Um, obviously, there's no way to quantify that or figure out exactly how people feel in a given situation or whatever. But ideally, if like we could discern who are the people who are more um, altruistic than other people, it's a 100%. Like it, it, it's hard to do, but it, I, I would have no problem being like, if like we had like little things over our head, like it's Super Mario or something like that, where it's like this person's a twenty percent dick, this person's one hundred percent a dick. If I saw that like 100% over a hundred percent over over a woman's head, I'd be like, "You get to die. I'm going to live because mine's at fifty percent." So sorry about that. I'm better After for society comment, than you. Sixty <laughs> percent. Still better than the hundred percent that she has. <laughs> I feel like you're writing an episode of Black Mirror right now. Oh, yeah. Don't tell Black Mirror. I'm, I'm, uh, so it's I, I was not an episode. Of, uh, it's an entire series. <laughs> I was thinking of another side of this. Is, uh, uh, and sorry, I keep going back to Homer, uh, Alex. But uh, so like, I think there might be a bit of a connection with this desire or value that men have to sacrifice themselves and to die and also notoriety. So oh, um, interesting. So take Achilles. He was given a choice. You know, you can, you can live... Uh, a really long life in obscurity, uh, just on a farm somewhere, or you can die young and uh, sacrifice you. yourself for your nation 
and and die a hero and be remembered forever. And uh, and he chose the latter one, and that was kind of held up as this great uh, masculine virtue. And uh, it does seem like you know we do honor uh, people who die. So in a way, they're kind of getting something out of it. Um, so, you know, we, we place great honor and value on the people in, uh, Arlington cemetery and the, and the people who died on the, on the beach of Normandy. Um, so, uh, I, I think those might be connected. There's, there has been studies where they look at men who have sacrificed themselves. Um, you know, there's these stories where a child falls in the river and a man who doesn't know how to swim jumps in the river and ends up dying too. <laughs> or just these crazy sa self-sacrificial things, like what drives these men to uh, sacrifice themselves. And it is largely men. Um, and what they found is they the men have reached a point in their life where, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, I'm going to butcher this, so perhaps I shouldn't even bring it up. Hey, but it was I love like, beef, baby. Butcher away. <laughs> the the men had reached a point in their life where it was like they were married, they had kids, and they were financially stable enough that their life was okay. But if the community were to take care of his family for him, they would be better off. So if he's out of the picture, then the community steps in and takes care of the family, and his family is better off in the long run. So it may not be this totally self-sacrificial thing. And there may actually be an element of selfishness in this. And this is kind of a very um, pessimistic analysis. But this, I mean, it is a study. I'll see if I can sure. find the link somewhere. Do you, do you remember, like, what the reasoning would be that the family would be better off without him? Like, why would the family be better with the community supporting the family instead of the father? Wait, the dude killed himself? Not well. I mean, he's he, he sacrificed, sacrificed himself, himself to save you know some child he wasn't even related to, because the question from my psychology perspective is, or from an evolutionary perspective is, why would a man ever do this? Is this why would he sacrifice himself for someone he is not related to? Is this like from a an evolutionary point of view? Is this like death by cop sort of thing though? Like so like is there like the idea that this guy realizes that it's going to be better off for his family? So it's almost like I'll do the sacrifice. Which is kind uh, of a suicide. An, it's not an explicit thing. Okay. It's not okay. like they're consciously thinking, oh, I'm going to die so that this can happen. Gotcha. Just gotcha. effectively, uh, that's The, the, the argument is that uh, over you know the thousands of years, men who had this impulse to save, even sacrificing themselves, that their children would be better off in the long run because the community would step up. Oh, interesting. Because the community probably has more resources than one single man. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But like, yes. so so fathers aren't important. Is that what you're saying, Jared? Come on, we have Todd on the podcast. It's really messed up, man. <laughs> so uh, uh, we've actually, me and Todd and a few others have talked about this a lot, about how important fathers are. And it's true to some extent. Fathers are important. But what's more important is whether your community has fathers. So if you're in a community where every family has a father and then your parents get divorced, you'll probably be fine as if your parents stayed together. But if you're in a community where 75% of the houses are single mothers and your parents get divorced, like that really screws you up. What about, so, but are single fathers better than single mothers? Like, I don't know if that's can, taken into consideration. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Because like, like my retort to that would just be like, I bet you mothers are important as well. 
Like, so if, if you have a ton oh, of yeah, single I fathers yeah. in a society, that's not going to be great for the divorcee or the divorced child or whatever. Like, it, it definitely is. It does seem like the more caregivers, the better in general, uh, as far as it goes. Um, that makes sense. That, that kind of might not be here nor there. I have to make sure I say here nor there, at least in every... Uh, at least in one uh, one time in each episode because I get paid. It sounds at very sophisticated. Ten dollars. Yeah. Uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, sorry, but like because like as far as masculinity goes, that's almost more. That's that's like totally different, right? I don't know. Maybe like I, I'm not trying to like dismiss what you said because what you just said was super cool. But I've like for the conversation as far as masculinity goes, is that like you mean fatherhood? Yeah, fatherhood. But I guess oh. fatherhood is part of masculinity. Yeah, so. I. Actually, yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. So, like, uh, is being a father uh, a, a value or a, an attribute of masculinity that's uh, needed? So, I, I was thinking about this because Sheila brought up something earlier. Like, uh, say, say a man doesn't become a literal father. Is, is that some type of uh, deficit in uh, the tally of his uh, masculinity? <laughs> uh, so, relating to the point uh, Jared made about just the community, uh, whether it, the community has fathers, mothers, uh parental figures, um, I think uh, fulfilling a kind of mentoring or parental role is an important part of a man's life. Um, whether that it comes in the form of actually being uh, a father, whether biological or adopted, like of one's own children, where you have them under your household and you're their guardian, um, and that's probably going to be the majority case. But, but I also think it could be... Uh, some people could do that in different ways. Like uh, a, a man could be single his whole life or, or just not have children, um, but be a mentor to the next generation and uh, pass on his wisdom and care for them and, and things like that. I do think that is uh, an important part of masculinity. Well, uh, isn't that just like a, a, hu a human thing, though? Like, I feel like well, that. Yeah, I feel like that, like, yeah it I is. I think that's what's crazy for me, like, about everything is just like, most everything that, that I would describe as like, oh, this is like a good quality that a man should have. I'm just like, kind of a good quality that a woman should have too. Like, sure. I think women should yeah. mentor. I think that men should mentor. I think that men should cook. I think that women should cook. I think that um, men should be organized. Women should be organized. I think um, there's like all of these different, very gender specific stereotypes that we have for people that almost every single person should have. It goes back to like the whole like men sacrificing for women thing. Women should want to sacrifice too. Does that mean ultimately that, um, that they need to do it before the man? Not necessarily, but everyone should have these like these qualities. I, I, I know like, once again, we're not trying to talk about gender roles or anything like that, but that's like kind of my biggest problem whenever, whenever I see these mofo posts that people put where it's like, women need to be tender. Women need to have like these, like they need to be loving and caring and everything like that. I'm just like, yeah, so should a dude too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like the responsibility <laughs> yeah. of a woman to do these things. Like, I think you can be like super tender and caring and be a hard ass as well. Like, why is that? Why are those two things mutually exclusive? You just... It's like, depending on the day, this is the superpower I'm going to have and that I'm going to execute uh, with the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of overlap. Uh, I mean, probably, I, I'm actually trying to think of exceptions of masculine virtues that would I'd, fall under human virtues. So, but, uh, right? No, like, I, I would physical love... Physical strength. But that, physical strength? 
But that's uh, like okay. but that's not really a virtue. virtue. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah. no, you're right. You're right. I you're think, right. Like you're there's right. The, there's a virtue. huge like for example, physical strength. Women have kids because men cannot do it, obviously, except for that one guy in Oregon. But like for the most part, physical nature things are a lot more different than like these learned attributes that we can that we can have. Like it's it's not just like freaking Todd, dad of the year over here. Coming back like sorry, sorry guys. I, I was just singing my I was just singing my daughters to sleep. Yeah. Like, um, like is, is that like not something that uh, a man should be doing? I I would. Aw, Todd's blushing. I would say I would say that that is not something where it's just like oh no, women. It, it can only be women who sing their children to sleep. Like it, it can it should be everybody that's like going. It doesn't have to be singing either. Like it's just it's not mutually exclusive to one gender or whatever it may be. Yeah. I don't think there is any virtue that we should not recommend to everyone. Every virtue is good. That's what it. That's what a virtue is. It's inherently good, and everyone should seek after all of the virtues. I, I can't think of anyone, any single virtue that you wouldn't want. But that doesn't mean we can't emphasize them to different degrees. But I would like to. I would like the question, like when Sheila did say, like physical strength or whatever, like maybe what are the natural attributes that are required for for men to have. Uh, that that women can't have but like even then like i think we talked about this before she like ronda rousey could kick my ass you know what i mean like she's she's like the exception yeah no no agree agreed but like you know what i mean like if a girl wants to get super strong and be able to beat the crap out of a dude it's gonna take a lot of work but it's possible it is but we don't that's not that's not something that we hold as a as something we expect out of women. Yeah. And some of those, uh, like the physical attributes, I, I have a harder time wanting to say like, Oh yeah, that has to be normalized. Like this is what a man has to be just because they're, they're not as, uh, within your control, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and I think, I think like this, I think Alex made a good point about the like women having children because women are still expected to have like a degree of, toughness i or i don't know if that's to a, have the is kid that a yeah. Word? yeah i don't yeah. know if that's a word but like yeah or not even just having kids but like there is an expectation that women will you know not be totally frail like i mean they're right i don't know i guess how you th- i guess i guess it depends how you think about it but i mean f- like physical strength i feel like if you were to think about like physical attributes throughout history of like all of the manly quote-unquote manly men like from like like roman statues i mean there's obviously history before that but it's always like you know physical male strength it's it's pretty unique i feel like versus like female statues that are like soft-bodied voluptuous like sure i don't know men naturally have more muscle mass i guess is that a thing i don't know if that's true but they they do i I don't think that's controversial That, that sounds right yeah yeah Agreed. I don't know why we were talking about this now. <laughs> uh, well, it's because we're trying to figure out like what are the the, the unique things. That What's a the woman unique? Should, yeah. yeah. What what are the unique things? Like this is ultimately right. become about gender roles. Like we can look more at the masculine side of things, but like what are the unique things that a man has to have um, 
because I think ultimately it all goes back to, to virtues and it's things that women should have as well. Um, women need to provide for their kids just as much as a man does. A woman needs to provide for her man just as much as a man will provide for her. But I, I can't really think of anything that really differentiates us. And I know that will probably like piss off a ton of people. Just like, no, God created a man and a woman in totally <laughs> different ways. But like in reality, like just be a good person. Like, like I'm going to talk that way in Sunday this week. <laughs> Use that voice. <laughs> When you open, I'll Reese's Pieces. <laughs> so, so, well, I don't know if this is like half of a thought. Oh, but like sending women to war. So, so like uh, you, if the, if the role was to protect the family, would you like who, like which of the two, male or female, are you going to send off to go literally fight a battle? Like, I, I feel like that's like, you're going to pick the men. Time like out, there's. Time out. My, my question with that, though, is are we going – is this like hand-to-hand combat? Because yes. the way that yes. – okay, okay. Yep, I agree with you then. <laughs> yeah, not, not like, not like drone like now warfare. Because now it's just like drone warfare. Like if you really yeah. think about it, like no. uh, this is my little well, off topic. E- we, even in modern warfare, you know, guns are pretty heavy and you have to carry a big backpack. The Israeli army has made guns – has made smaller guns specifically for their women troops. In modern war- warfare, it's drones. Like we, we don't need people fighting on the ground anymore. We just blow up the building. We're just like, oh, this yeah, is There's no guarantee is. that all up. wars in the future will be like that. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. I, I just mean like currently. That's why I asked like if it was like a hand-to-hand combat sort of thing because hand-to-hand combat might be better to have men doing it, but like but if it's Unless you're Ronda Rousey, let's say exactly. you have Fight Club. Did you see Expendables as well? <laughs> let's say you have a Fight Club, I'm, and uh, you're you not supposed a... to talk about this, Sheila. That's the, that's the first. That's the first rule. I think it's also the second. It's rule. also the second. Yeah. Oh my. Never mind. No, say it. No, uh, I want. I want to hear it. it. <laughs> I was just making a pop culture reference. I was just making a joke. Like, you obviously wouldn't have Fight Club where you'd put, like, if you have to send the mom or the dad into the Fight Club, you're going to send the dad. <laughs> We're going to kill your kids. <laughs> well, so let me ask this. So if, if there's, like, a set of virtues, and most of them can apply to both, I mean, do you think that a lot of men think of it in terms, st- even though they're universal, like, to humanity, do you think a lot of men still think of them in terms of masculinity? Like, oh, okay, I want to be a good man, so I need to do... Uh, do these things, even though they yeah. could apply to both. Is that a problem? Ooh, no. Ah, ah. This, this, this kind of goes to like the talk, to- the toxic masculinity thing. Like, what is uh, bad? Yeah. Um, what could affect like other people? Segway. Sure. Um, nice segue. Nice. Yes. Ah, that's a really good question. Are there things like? I don't know. I, I'm just like so much of a person where, like whatever makes the world a better place, that is what we need to do. And I know that's hard for each person to decide, but if, if, if a, if a man, like if a man like show this, okay. Okay. This could be technically, this isn't a virtue, but like if a man has this quality, Hey, I'm the man. That means I provide and honey, you stay home and do what I tell you to do. As far as the home thing goes, once again, he's from the South. I think that I think that is a problem. That's when it like becomes toxic yeah. masculinity, where it's like, I have this control over you because I am the man. Um, I don't want to get too. I have a huge problem with a certain thing in the Mormon religion, where it's like, you to me to another person. I don't want to like get too much into that, but I think that's total. Um, it's total BS. I think men and women are equal in the sense that they have equal ability to 
communicate and do things in their lives. And it shouldn't be up to the man to be like, hey, um, I get to kind of decide. Like, if, if it's a split between us, ultimately, I have the 51% shares. You have the 49% shares. So we're going my way. No, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't think of those as virtues. But, uh, yeah, they might no. be common. It's not a virtue. Common no. traits. Um, in masculinity, so I mean, there's a bit of a split there. Like, what are, what is what are common features of masculinity that we see, and then what are what is the uh, ideal? But yeah, I, 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 I agree. Like that's not Jared. That's not like an the, admirable thing. the typical like, what is masculinity? I feel like machismo is exactly what the ideal masculine man is. It's I go out and work with my hands. I get these giant hands that are scarred and disgusting. I get home, here's the money, go get the food, make the food for me, clean up the house, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like that's kind of what like the the, the masculine man is. Um, once again, those aren't virtues. I agree with you that those aren't virtues, but it's that's what it is in my opinion. Like how pe- how a lot of people view it. Yeah, how what what we think of uh yeah, is what makes. Yeah, so um I was I had this uh, lesson uh, in church, actually, uh, where it was about, I think it was basically about masculinity, but uh, it was, it was Elvis Carver. They were, uh, he was asking, okay, so what is it, what does it mean to be a real man? And he kind of said it like that. And so we were, we were throwing out all these examples and I, I said, oh, you got to have a truck, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and a, and, and a uh, beard. Yeah. A, a beard. Right. Yep. So I'm working on that. And so, uh, uh, all three of us have beards, yes, by the way, of course we have Except to. for Sheila. The fourth does not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all these things Sheila's that we're beard when she does like, grow, it's pretty dope. So for the real man, we were throwing out all these examples that could be like toxic masculinity examples. And then he said, okay, what does it mean to be a good man? And then the whole list of things that we were throwing out was completely, completely different. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so being a, being a real man, uh, wasn't, uh, it was kind of like, yeah, what, what, uh, um, yeah, not the virtues, but, and I, I guess, uh, we use should in different ways. Like it's what a man should be like, but not in a moral sense, but, uh, just kind of like what our expectations, good or bad are. Um, but then what a good man is, is like, okay, what in the moral sense, what do we want to be, uh, as men? Um, and I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of general to humanity as well, but it was interesting seeing how different, um, uh, those were like the machismo. Yeah. I don't think, I, I, maybe some people think that is that is a good thing. I I certainly don't. But uh. well, I would love to like I, I, if we could like continue going down this this lonely road of broken dreams. Green Day. If we could keep going down like this road of like what are the like the the differences like as far as like this is what uh, like what's not a virtue technically, but like what is what is expected of men because. I think most everything that we're going to like, it's going to be hard to come up with things because most everything is just universal. Um, like I, the fact that I've like the, the only black and white thing that I believe in, in my entire life is don't be a dick. Like that is like the one thing that I can go to. That's not like some sort of spectrum where it's just like, just be a good person. And then like, obviously the difficult thing is like, well, what's technically a good person. Right for the for the for the most part, it's just like it's not killing people, it's not killing innocent people, it's not oppressing anybody, it's not thinking, hey, I get to, I get to have sex with you whenever I want because we're in some sort of contract that we've established by the state. It's not um, you take 
marriage. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not like you take care of the kids all the time. Uh, you have to sing them songs because my name's Todd and I don't want to sing them songs. Like it, it's. It's <laughs> like. I, I think masculinity is is stupid, and it's not dead because I hate when people say that. I hate when people are like masculinity is over because Tom Pro- Brokaw talks about masculinity a lot. Um, it, it's not. It's it's like fine. Use the word masculine, but I just feel like there's certain words in our in our vocabulary that we we could easily get rid of. Just be a good person. Like uh, like I, I'm pro. Like oh, get okay. rid of, get rid of masculinity. Like as a word. You don't you don't like thinking of it in those terms. Like. Uh... You don't like the idea of, uh, like, what is a good man? You wouldn't want it phrased that way? No. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's a, a 100% where I am. Like, we continue to create these false dichotomies where it's just, like, masculine, feminine. Now, let's figure out what this is when it's just, like, good person, good person, spectrum. Let's find where you lie on the spectrum. I don't know. So, there's a uh, good article by Scott Alexander at a Slate Star Codex. Yeah, the article is called The Categories Were Made for Man, Not Man for the Categories. Hmm. Which seems incredibly uh, relevant. Ex- ex- yeah, and I'm explain, that for our, explain that for our listeners as if they don't know what that means. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hypothetically. The, the example he brings up at the beginning is there's this atheist argument that people use against the, against the Bible. And he says it's one of the worst arguments he's ever heard. And it's um when jonah gets swallowed by the whale a, or the fish or whatever whale, yeah by a fish right is it a fish or is it a whale and the atheist argument is like well and the, the, the argument is a fish is not a whale it's, all right and it's like okay that's the dumbest argument ever because that's obviously you know this is a language thing this category that we call fish was for the for the man. ancient okay, I get people it. of Israel was you know it, a fish was anything that lived in the water, all right. That was its purpose. That's what they use the category for. In a modern sense, when we talk about fish, we need something in a more um, as a category of animal. But that was not how they used it back then. So the categories that we use to describe things, they're not permanent. They're not you know these perfect platonic ideals of what things should be always 100% of the time, they are, they're, they're useful for what we use them for. And if the category is no longer useful, then we can change it. I like that, actually. Uh, now, ex- explain that as if, as if our listeners still look at it and they're five years old. <laughs> uh, Jared, was that, was that in terms of masculinity specifically, or was he using man in the generic no, no. sense? No, okay. no. Y- yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. he was saying, I, I could change the title to humankind. Yeah. The categories were made for humankind. Ah, blah, 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 blah. The categories were made for humankind, not humankind for the categories. So is this, yeah, this concept masculinity, is it still something that's, uh, yeah, that's useful? Why do we hold is on it- to it? I hate oh. tradition. <laughs> so uh, I've talked to this, I've talked about this before, but I feel like a man like it's an important part of my identity in a way that i don't feel like i can explain adequately and alex is up there laughing i'm at laughing me. i'm laughing because <laughs> you said i feel like a man and i immediately like i, I went like man i feel like a woman yeah so i feel like a man but but it's an important part of my identity in a sense i understand the transgender 
some someone who suffer who has uh, gender dysphoria or someone who's gone through sex reassignment surgery i understand them because i understand what it feels like it's like i would not be me if i were a woman that would be a completely different person a man being a man is an important part of my identity in a way i don't know how to describe to others and then other people i've talked to said they just don't have that strong feeling they don't have that strong feeling of i feel like i'm a man or i feel like i'm a woman they don't have that strong identity but i do so for you the concept the category still has uh, important use you think right yes absolutely and i'm not quite sure what that is or why or even if it's good but it's something that i feel my 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 attack on the category is masculinity it's not like being a man because you want to know what the chemicals running through your body are a lot different than the chemicals that are running through a woman's body you want to know what as a man the penis that you have as far as i know is a lot different than the penis that the woman doesn't have uh, like I, I think there are like there's there are like these. I, I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> you don't what? think? Wait, wait, what? Wait, there's a lot part? of double negatives which in there. Part? I'm not sure what. Which part? <laughs> Can we just like rewind? <laughs> um, but like you, you know what I mean? Like I, I I agree. Like there are definitely like the, I have a really difficult time with um with the trans the the transgender question because because I do. I think all the testosterone that is going and like, coursing through my body does make me different than the estrogen that is pumping through my wife's body. But that's more chemical than it is virtue, if that makes sense. So I, I, I get what you're oh, saying. Okay. I totally get what you're saying. Like, yes, I do identify as a man. And yes, I do think that that is part of my personality and part of who I am. But... Uh, I, I would also say like the whole like masculine, like that doesn't mean that we can't all be, I don't think we disagree on this, but like, I, I don't think that no, means I don't, that. I don't think you do actually. I don't think Sounds that, like... that means that we can't be like good people or whatever it may be. Like uh, is what I've been thinking of. Well, you know what I mean? Does, does that make sense? I mean, wh- what is, what is identity? Identity is this really hard to define word and there's whole, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a, I don't want to get too into it because it's way beyond me and it's not something I've studied in depth. But, you know, when, when you say I have not been myself today, what do you mean? You mean I did not live up to my own moral standards. I think identity is essentially moral. I think identity is really about who we think we should be. I don't think it's about who we are, but about who we think we should be. And so when someone says they feel like a man or they feel like a woman and they want to sing about it or whatever, you know, (laughs) I I think there's this implicit moral sense to it that may not be appreciated and may not even be necessary, but I I, I think it's there. Because, yeah, that's the way people see things. So, uh, like, I mean, I I was saying that... uh, you two probably agree, uh, agreeing with Alex there. Like, thanks, Todd. So, <laughs> so um, I would I would think like say somebody has a really strong like they just see the uh, the world through man colored glasses or whatever. Like uh, that's just how they see things first. Um, then it might make sense to use that category and take all these human virtues and ideals and just express them in that express them in that term, in, in those terms, in, as masculine virtues. Um, you don't have to do that if it doesn't work for somebody else. Like maybe somebody else doesn't really care that much about it. Like just 
thinks of themselves at the level of humanity, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a person, I want to be the best kind of person I could be. Well, it's probably not going to be that useful to uh, express them in terms of masculine virtues. So this is what you do to be to be a good man. Yeah. Well, and I, I think all, like a lot of the conversation about like, what is a man or how like why does someone feel like a man or whatever i i feel like it does tie back to women's how women perceive manliness or masculinity and the role that women play in defining masculinity and i think about like i this is really petty but like i think about you know i have a lot of friends that are single in the city and like they're and i have a lot of guys like my i've (laughs) <laughs> and I and I know guys that are single and they're dating and they're using these like apps and the apps like it's not uncommon for a girl to say like don't even swipe right or left I don't know what the direction is but like don't don't pick swipe me. right don't swipe right unless you're like at least six feet tall and that to me is like so oh. mind blowing so like and that's like something that's apparently like uh, people can tell us if I'm wrong but like apparently pretty pervasive like not only like are you saying that you want, I like, I can understand wanting someone who's taller than you personally, but like someone who's six feet tall. Like, so then, so then women are like perpetuating this expectation that men need to be big and strong or whatever that expectation is. And that's not fair to men. Like, is that, is that how women are defining masculinity? I know this is a subset of people that are on an app, but like, well, but time out there. I love that. Like in all of that, you're like, I mean, I understand needing someone who's taller than you. Why? Why do you need someone who's taller than you? Because of my own insecurity. I want to be smaller than, than like Aaron. Uh, I'm sorry, Sebastian Cyclone. I want to be small. <laughs> I want to be small. Like I want to be a smaller person than him. So if I was five, two, he just need to be five, three. Like, you know what I mean? Like whatever that is, I understand wanting to be small. Cause I'm your insecurity, expect- your insecurity, but like, what's the insecurity? Like I need to be protected or like, like what is I, it? Women are expected to be dainty and small. Like they're, they're gotcha. expected to not take up a lot of space. They're expected to be, um, you know, thin or no. what, like all, all if you want to be five, two Sebastian Cyclone would have to be at least like five, six so that you could wear heels. Good point. Good yeah. point. I got yep. you. Yep. So, I, but I mean, yeah, yeah, go. No, yeah. I do think, uh, that plays a lot into it. We probably, um, think of our masculinity in terms of, of, uh, the female gaze, if I can appropriate a term there. Yeah. What, um, what women, uh, find desirable and, um, are looking for. Man. But like, I don't know. Like, I think that's, I, ideally, this is how I think of that. Like, like what Sheila just said, ideally, that's not a thing is what I would hope for. Because I'm an idealist, not a realist. Right. Right. I'm, I'm a great person. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Come on, someone else. Why did nobody? There's that famous narcissist there, or like, or like disagree with me. You either have to laugh or disagree. Like, no, Alex, you're a real. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree that that's ideal. Uh, I, and I, I also think uh, Sheila's right that that uh, I mean, in the uh, present circumstances, the way things are currently, that yes, uh, uh, female preferences certainly play a role into these um, masculine. Yeah, in, in, into these uh, ways we want to be that are beyond our control, right? Not, not the things that we try to do, um, uh, the virtues we try to embody, but yeah, just the things, the way we are and can't do much about, really. Yeah, I like, I don't know. Like, because I think there's so much judgment on both sides, though, too, like, in all fairness. Like, even though Sheila's like, oh, someone has to be taller than me. 
I think a lot of dudes are like, yep, she has to be shorter than me. I don't care if I'm four foot three. She's got to be shorter than me. It looks like I'm going to be dating the chick from uh, Little World or uh, Big World Little People. I don't remember what the name of that show was. Didn't land the joke. I apologize. Well, Because that's um, an insecurity in men too, right? Like men want to feel bigger and stronger than the women that they're with. Do you, think it's I, like, do you think it's like one of those things where it's like, like just like, uh, it's like, in circle that's not the right the right word where it's just like both people like feel that exact same way and so that's why it just continues to perpetuate or like a vicious like circle at least like if at least one of them was able to be like hey we're not going to do this anymore like we don't care if you're tall dudes would finally be like all right cool we'll be short like you know what i mean like we just that's the only reason it perpetuates I do think that there's, like, enough diversity in people's heights versa. that people can find, like, the right match for them to feel that. So I don't know if that would ever, like, f- like, like if anything would force that to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's a ton of short men and a ton of tall women and we're just going to have to, like, figure it out. It's like you have enough options. So I don't know if it'll happen. But, I, yeah, I feel like if one of them, like, drew a line in the sand, it would get better. But I, I, I think that's even true in, like – I, you're probably going to take this out because I'm probably speaking way out of turn, but like in the gay community, like there's, there's those types of ex, like expectations. Like some men want sm- like a, this bigger man wants a smaller man. Like there's, there are like these type of masculine feminine expectations, even like regardless of your sex. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yep. Uh, like this is going to sound also a little bit bigoted but you you almost always see (laughs) uh that's not fair to say i'm not going to say almost always i in my experience what i have seen is in the lesbian community there's always one person who would be a groom and one person who would be a bride and that probably sounds really bad but there's a curb your enthusiasm episode on it so blame larry david for it um but you almost always see that sort of dichotomy for some reason but I go back to maybe if we draw the line or whatever it may be, we start to not see that in the gay community either. Like we don't see this. There has to be the masculine one and there has to be the feminine one. It's just like, yeah, whatever, guys. Well, then I also wonder, like, where do we draw the line about what people are physically attracted to? And how, like, do we gatekeep? I don't know if gatekeep's the right word, but like, like, is it OK to tell people that they shouldn't be attracted to people that are exclusively taller than them? Like, I or short, whatever it is, like whatever that thinner, thinner, stronger, whatever it is. Like, is that, is, should we be doing that? Like, I, I I don't know. Like I, as like a woman would love to not have as much pressure. And as Jared and I've talked about at length, burn all my makeup, but like, but I can't. So like, I I don't expect like, I don't know. Don't kink shame. That's a, uh, a phrase in some of, the, <laughs> a turn. Uh, some of the circles I'm in. You don't kink shame people. If they, are atta- if they are attracted to someone who is, you know, large or skinny or tall or, you know, whatever, white, black, you, you don't kink shame them. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know how far I'd be willing to take that. But you're attracted to what you're attracted to. You only have so much influence over that. I, I don't know if it's a good thing that we shame people over it. And ideally we should perhaps be more open than we are that we should unless you're married in which case maybe you should be uh, more narrow in your interests but uh, i I think in general (laughs) if you're single you should your what you are attracted to should go wider rather than more narrow 
yeah 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 but how do you even like how do you even affect that like is that something that you can change your mind about so (laughs) um, (laughs) so uh me and Todd are on a forum and uh, I was talking about, you know, like I have all these ideas about what it means to be a man and, you know, uh, and it's like, what do I do about this? And one of the guys responded with this gif of Michael Jackson singing, I'm starting with a man. Oh, in here. Jeff. <laughs> no, it was Johnny. <laughs> I'm starting with a man in the mirror. So it's like, Start with you yourself. Know, rather than focus on these, you know, this wide societal change, like, you know, maybe push for it if you're, you know, you're good friends with some feminists who have lots of influence when it comes to gender. Maybe you can push some, you know, push some ideas there. But, you know, honestly, just, you know, start with who you are and then, you know, maybe it'll influence others. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if part of uh, so, I mean, we're talking about the way women influence men's perception of themselves. Um, so I, part of that probably just needs to be. Uh, we need to separate our own our our own image of ourselves from attraction a little bit, and and mirror image uh, women women could do that too as well, right? So like say uh, you don't have the attributes that are generally found to be attractive. Well, you could still you could still underself understand yourself as um, have have a good image of yourself. Um, I'll still I'll say uh, as as a man, even though Alex is trying to get rid of that idea. Uh, at, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm masculinity to get rid of masculinity. Okay, uh, but but still have still have confidence in yourself. No, I, I am a man. I am. Uh, I feel good about myself. Uh, I don't have all these attributes that a lot of women find attractive, but that's just that's on the side. I mean, that's not not the uh, core of who I am. Uh, and and maybe women could could do that as well. But that's hard. So, I I don't think that masculinity is inherently toxic. So I think there is a disagreement between me and Alex. I think there is a place for that conversation about what it what it means to be a masculine man. I think there I think that can be defined in terms that are good and I think that can be defined in terms that are largely negative like the machismo that we saw down in Mexico. That is clearly a bad definition of masculinity. That is not what I want to push for. Uh, you know, you know, burn it with fire, let it die, burn that. <laughs> we don't want machismo. But there's a, another definition of, of masculinity that something like, you know, take up the responsibilities that have been given you, do more than what you're doing, self-sacrifice. And yes, women should do that too. But... Well, then tell me what's different. Like, know, like, uh, like uh, to push back a little bit, tell me, tell me like what a man should do that a woman shouldn't do. I, I don't think you really need to ask that well, question. Like, a, like from a man's perspective, yeah, right? Well, to, you're just worrying about what you're doing. That's true. But as I said earlier, like there, there is no virtue. There is no. Th- yeah, there's no virtue that I would say a woman should not have. And there's no virtue I would say a man should not have. But that doesn't mean we need to emphasize them in the same degree. Well, uh, what do you mean by that? What do you mean emphasize them in the same degree? So like um, if like as far as self-sacrifice goes, a man should have like a 90% and a woman should have a 60% or like, um, I, I know that's like very, it's like, if you want to put probably numbers simplify- on it, sure. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no. Like I know that that's totally simplifying like, like what the argument is. I'm not trying to like make a straw man out of it, but like, 
So it's like one what, thing, like what, what should it, what should, what should, what's masculinity? If, if, if I can't ask like, what should be the difference between a man and a woman like be like my question then is what, what, like, what is your definition of masculinity? Like, what are these things that men need to do um, to check off the masculinity? Like, all right, good. I'm masculine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. If it covers everything, does it Thanks, become Thanks, Todd, because uh, you hated yeah. my first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you know I, could, I, mean? I could come down with a specific list, like, and I, I, I would not want a checklist. Um, so, I mean, again, this is such a difficult well, conversation because more the word moral isn't quite right and the word virtue isn't quite right. There, there's something deeper going on that I don't know quite how to define. But uh, one thing I will point out is there there comes a time at, when a man is about 20 years old where he reads Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> and, that is true. Or becomes a libertarian <laughs> yes. or becomes a socialist or starts listening to Jordan Peterson or listens to Joseph Campbell. Or, you know, there's this there's this something that happens when you're about 20 years old where guys just start doing these things. They start joining movements. And I haven't noticed that same thing for women. But men tend to do it. And I, and I think like it's a developmental because, track, right? Yeah, there's this developmental track. And both me and Todd have talked about this. Um, I didn't read Atlas Shrugged, actually, but I, I became a libertarian. I tried. I also became a socialist. <laughs> good, good. I also became a communist. When you said that, I was I also like, became wait, an I'm atheist and that? an agnostic. And I went on a mission. Like, there was this real sense where I was going through all of these different phases looking for something. And, it's, and I, I think that there's something about being a man. And I don't know if this is cultural, biological. I have no idea. But there does seem to be this thing where it's like men search for meaning in their 20s. Yeah. And they search to be part of some movement. Whoa, time out. You don't think that women search for meaning? They do, but it's not It's not quite the same. I, I, like I can't joining think the movements and all that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is because I, I can think of lots of women who join, uh, you know, become active in feminism, social justice, um, uh, what various movements. Um, but there does seem to be this specific thing about when a when a boy becomes a man and still looking <laughs> for what that is. A woman. Just for clarification, do you think that men are searching for community or that they're they're searching for meaning? I think it's probably both. Because I. My, I ask that because I think a lot of women already have community and maybe already have a sense of meaning. So if, if you feel like there is this disconnection between like what men and women are going through, I'm curious, like why, why, like why wouldn't women be seeking out more meaning versus if men are, I also oh wasn't aware of this. Wait, like, whoa, whoa, come to whoa, whoa. The, like the, I think this kind of goes back to like the emotional, the fact that men aren't supposed to be in a community, like we're not supposed to have all these people who give a whatever it may be like that's kind of because I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with Jared on that, but like that's kind of like, I think we, we did it guys. We diagnosed the problem because because women are allowed to have like these communities and not even communities because women are allowed to have emotional relationships with, whoever they want to have relationships with and men are not allowed to have those emotional relationships with people. That could be potentially why in their twenties they read. I, I, I don't Shrugged. think that's the focus though. Like, you know, um, so as I mentioned, like a, a lot of young men, um, when 
and of our age got really involved in Ron Paul that he became kind of this hero but it wasn't this movement where we were hanging out together it was this thing like yeah we posted memes online or whatever and then we got over it and some others didn't but some of us got over it and I, it seems to me m- that the focus is more on meaning than community Okay, so I also, like, went through that phase, though. So, like, am mm. I, is something weird about me? Like, is that... is that Maybe you're a man. Maybe. <laughs> In what way? Spoiler. This I is an M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist. <laughs> but, like, I feel like... I, well, she I, was dead I, the whole time. I've used that before. Yeah, I, feel I like remember I that. Went, <laughs> I went through, like, a, like, I grew up very conservative. And then I went through this phase that was more libertarian. And then I'm in a different phase now, but I wonder if that's, if that like kind of correction is part of just growing up, I don't know, or like growing up really conservative. I, I That don't know. very well could be. It, it's just that it seems, it seems more apparent to me. And maybe this is just because I'm a man and I, I don't have as many female friends, but. I, oh, that's sad. I know. Right. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's hot. Um, <laughs> but th- there seems to be lots of different movements that seem to be almost exclusively men and it happens in their mid-20s early 20s and i don't i don't see it as often with women that doesn't mean it doesn't happen and maybe i'm just missing it but it does seem to happen more with men i i for the record like i have not talked about any of that with women like i don't think that there's this trend of women that were like really libertarian for a while i just am curious so anyway todd do women just go straight liberal maybe i don't know because that was that like could that be a difference i mean that was my progression as it went from like i social issues became more important to me as i got as i went through school and or college or whatever so like that was like okay fiscally conservative or whatever but very socially liberal and then it went you know so if women are skipping that step and they're just like hey liberal whatever really articulate is can men be (laughs) can men can men like just immediately go to liberal though I don't, know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. Like, I don't think we can. I think that's a dumb question. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can men go Why? straight can to liberal? Men become no, I think, liberal? No, no, no. Like go the reason there. that I say that, like the reason that I think men go libertarian is like, well, this doesn't affect me. Like, you can't go liberal. They can't go full liberal because it's like, I, I it's think we have feminine. in the thing, like the like like the homophobia factor of it. It's just like I don't like. I'm okay with whatever doesn't affect me. Or it would be a lot better if it's like, hey, I'd like to help out this situation that is happening within the gay community, within the feminine community, within whatever it may be. Guys aren't supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Community. Screw you for calling it a dumb question, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but but, right. Like, I feel like it's a lot easier for women to do that because like, let's be honest. Like, I feel, (laughs) I feel like liberalism is very emotional. Yeah, it's uh, it's more. Yeah. I, I would it, say it's more empathetic. So, and, and libertarian is not emotional at all. Libertarian is me. Don't affect me. I don't care. There, there is a correlation between how much testosterone you have and which political party you prefer. Yeah, that doesn't surprise um, me at all. Yeah. The the BuzzFeed journalists did a uh, a testosterone test, and they all rated in like the bottom five percent. You know, oh, man. they have <laughs> less testosterone than ninety-five percent of your of other men, and uh, and so you're saying because I'm a liberal, that, that, I don't have that's kind of a consistent trend. So that's actually so I was gonna bring this up in our like our prep or whatever, but I know someone who a, a guy who felt like he was too emotional 
or like he was too sensitive like he took things to and I wouldn't ever say from like my perspective and this is someone I'm close to that he was someone who took things too hard or was emotional like I wouldn't perceive it that way but he started taking testosterone because he wanted to see if that would make him like effectively toughen up like not care as much and it did and like it had other it had other implications like and other reasons why he stopped taking it but it did like turn off the like it 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 minimized the part of his brain that like cared a lot about what people were thinking about him and he just felt like he could like get to the point and get things done a lot quicker um and I thought that that was really interesting because it's like that that's hormonal like that's like that's not like a nurture thing in that sense it's like he's literally just taking testosterone and it's changing like how he thinks about people and himself wow yeah absolutely yeah testosterone has many different interesting effects that you would not think about um the book uh, behavior by robert sapolsky has that that book is like if you ever wanted to study psychology and you didn't want to go to college, just read that book and you will know more than 50% of psychology majors. Thank it was just so in-depth. Sounds um, good. Uh, called Behave, I think. I, I think I said the right name. Behave. Yeah, behave. Sorry. Yes, like I'm that. a little sassy. And uh, But he talks a lot about testosterone and all the different effects. And, I mean, it's it's not... It's not like it just affects your sex drive. It affects lots of different areas of your life. So I'm pulling a few things together here. So, uh, so we were talking about, okay, correlation of uh, testosterone with more kind of libertarian conservative views and then also community. And uh, so, yeah, I agree that like the Ron Paul movement and all that, it probably wasn't for community getting people together. It was more like uh, libertarianism is a very independent movement. Um, it's like assert, asserting this autonomy. Um, so it does seem like, uh, there is both with, yeah, probably with testosterone, um, uh, and, uh, masculine attributes, there's kind of this stuff that goes against, um, uh, community forming, forming bonds with people, getting close to people. Uh, testosterone kind of drives you to be more independent, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that could be that could be a problem for for people who for men who do want more of that. Well, and I, I wonder if you just like did the inverse and like you gave women testosterone or you gave men estrogen and like all of like how how that would. If vary. we just all I'm, swap, yeah. we just totally just swap hormones. But I mean, because <laughs> we we do we both have estrogen and testosterone, right, right. right? So like it's it's there. I just I don't know enough about it. I'm not educated enough to know like what the what the inverse is. I just like how that like experience through another person um but one thing i feel like we kind of hit on but we haven't really gotten into is like uh, the male friendship and like physical touch between men and um like to me that seems like a very cultural thing because um there i mean in other cultures men do hold hands or they do kiss on the cheek or there's more like physical affection or physical intimacy in that that's not like it's not considered to be inappropriate. It's just friendly. Um, but that's not a thing here. So, like, I'm curious, like, what your guys' take are as, like, men in America. Like, how do you feel about, like, physical intimacy with other men? Friends. So, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, um, Sheila, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, my friends know that I get uncomfortable when they touch me. So anytime, like I'll give them hugs. I'm perfectly fine giving hugs, but every time I give them a hug, they'll grab my butt. And I oh, do gosh. it every single time without fail. <laughs> that and is they hot. do it because they know I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and it's not like I think it, it's not sexual assault, or at least I don't consider it that way. And it's not because I'm morally against Save it. Save that for another time. I would actually be interested in talking, <laughs> discussing that a little bit more. Because it is, it is sexual assault, just so you know. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> trying to get all serious. Sorry. It, it's, it, you know, it doesn't make me so uncomfortable that I would consider it sexual assault. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. It bothers me enough that it makes me uncomfortable, but I would not consider it sexual assault by any means. And other people might, I do not. Um, now, if you touch my butt, I might call that sexual assault because... <laughs> You're just creepy. Yeah, but Sheila, don't touch Jared's him. butt. <laughs> uh, but like, but I know guys that are comfortable cuddling with other guys, and that is so alien to me. I I cannot understand how it. it I it just makes me so uncomfortable. I I can't do it. It makes you wait. Wait, does it make you uncomfortable that they do it, or just you couldn't do it? Um. I couldn't do it, but I, I think there's also an uncomfortableness when I think about it. Oh, interesting. Did you grow up in a family that was, like, physically affectionate? Ooh. Uh, I, 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 can't, I don't think so. I don't think we were overly touchy. We were not super touchy, no. Uh, we would slap each Dude. other on the butt okay. a lot. No, that, oh, okay. <laughs> really? You had, me, you had me until yeah. the slap on the butt part. Yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> Like, that's totally like my family. We were not physically affectionate at all, and I'm like the same as Jared. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, even my family wasn't, and I, I, like, as I'm the female of this, like, conversation, like, I have a lot of issues with, like, physical affection, too. Like, t- like people who want to, like, hug immediately, like, all, I don't know, those are, like, more alien to me because my family wasn't like that. So well, I feel- is that with, but is that, so for me, if it's a woman, I have no problem. I, 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 I like cuddling, you know, I, you know, if I'm watching a movie with my girlfriend, I want to cuddle. I want to hold her hand. I want. To Are you okay with, with women cuddling each other? Right? Is that what more the discussion is? Mm, that's not what the conversation is. No. <laughs> no, I, but I, but I feel like it's not about the the person you're in a relationship with because I think that changes the whole conversation. I think it's about like women that you're friends with or like your female family members. Like, are you com- are you comfortable with that? I, I've had non-committal cuddles. Where I cuddle with with friends I am not dating, don't plan on dating. That was in the form of a confession, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, the Mormon one night stand, for the record. So yeah, I I uh, I'm a little different than Jared on this. On that, I I have a more positive outlook on it. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm. um, So I I did grow up in a family that was pretty affectionate, although they always joke that I'm very unaffectionate. I then that's. I mean, it's, it's kind of complicated, but I actually, I do like, uh, like, um, uh, physical touch. Um, I haven't really experienced that, uh, like male cuddling or anything like that, but the, the idea of it doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't bother me, um, whether uh, I'm thinking of other people doing it or, uh, or of myself doing it. I, I think it's, I think it sounds nice. I think I'm in the middle. Wait, what? <laughs> I think I'm in the middle. Like I, it two doesn't guys or. <laughs> <laughs> right now <laughs> you and todd exactly <laughs> oh, okay. um i'm in the middle where it's like thinking about it doesn't bother me at all i'm just like whatever but i could never do it 
But do you think that you couldn't do it because you're not used to it? Or do you think it's just like, that's just who you are? No, no, no. It's, it's, I couldn't do it because I think it goes more to, there's very few women I could cuddle with as well. Like, I just don't like, we've talked about this before, Sheila. Like how many times have uh, you and I hugged? I don't know, like five times. Exactly. (laughs) I I rest my case. We've known each other for 13, 14, 15 years. And that's how many, like, I just, I'm not a physical, that's not one of my love languages. Physical touch is not a love language for me. Interesting. Gifts are what you've been failing at. So I don't know if we have a very representative representative sample here uh, for the whole male population. (laughs) I I wonder uh, what the attitudes are. Uh, generally, I mean, it seems like uh, positive, a, a positive attitude toward physical touch between men is, I guess, more common than I would have thought, but just based on conversations I've had. But um, I don't know. What do you think the percentage you, is? You think it's are? more positive? I, I do think we're more. anomalies right now. I think, I think more people would be like, oh, don't Well, do so that. I guess I would have thought it would be like, oh, like, uh, most like 95% of men before I would have thought like 95% of men would be completely opposed to it. Where now I'm thinking maybe like 85. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, f- I do feel lot. like yeah, it's still a lot. I do feel like Jared's 15%. Men, <laughs> I do feel like younger men are more open to it. Like, and that's totally <laughs> anecdotal, which is like not, helpful at all but like I feel like the younger men that I work with or that I know like and I'm talking like 16 to 23 ish like that generation I feel like they're a little bit more comfortable with it I don't know I, I feel like it has so much to do with how you're raised what do you mean comfortable with it comfortable with it happening or comfortable with doing it doing it interesting okay that's interesting like I, I I've done like weird touching before like with friends I guess I don't know like I and by weird touching, I don't mean Can like. Can you rephrase that? And by weird touching, <laughs> I don't mean like, hey, I'm. I don't. I don't know how far I want to get into a story that just came to my mind. <laughs> um, like, like where it'd be like maybe like some ass smacks here and there, um, but, but not regular. It's not this like common thing that happens all the time. I don't know. Like, but I, like cuddling. Can we be like? Can we be real for a second, everybody? Like. Cuddling is way different than an ass smack. Am I right? I think so. That is way more physical contact than just a quick. I just hit my butt, by the way. Um, My my butt sounds like my left hand. Uh, But like, I I think it just depends on the severity of whatever the physical contact may be. Yeah. So, I mean, then that leaves the question of, uh, I mean, say it is like 85%, like I was saying, but then. That's uh, leaves the other fifteen percent. Uh, kind of, it's kind of sad for them, right? Because uh... <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. absolutely. They're, they're, yeah. I feel like I'm missing out on a experience that should be positive. That should should be, you know, like, uh, you know, we should get this oxytocin rush. We should be able to, you know, touch each other in non-sexual but intimate ways and be okay with that. And the fact that I'm not, I'm I'm not cool with that like i i think it would be better if i were if i were more open in that way but that's how i feel and i just i'm not comfortable with it so i would i would never proposition you for cuddling <laughs> please do don't, not don't worry don't worry what, what's happening where did, this, where did this turn into like a cat house oh my God. 
I give hugs. I will give you all the hugs. But oh, okay. Not <laughs> I will give you cuddles. all the hugs. <laughs> but cuddling is just one really long hug, right? Oh, that's why it's bad. Point. That's a good point. <laughs> hugs Wait are like, a second. You know, no, it's not like, one long hug. Th- there's a proper way for men to give involved. hugs, okay? I no, when right. guys Alex. give hugs, you know, it's like this. You give like two and pats on the back, oh. and then you and then you're out. And then you break. Yeah, that's it. You're okay. done. Right. You man hugs. You man hugs. You don't. You don't like nuzzle each other. You know, that's just not what you do. No two nuzzling. Pats and you're out. No nuzzling. But so, so basically, but but for men who would who would be into that, like there's uh, it, it's real. You really wouldn't. You wouldn't do that because more than likely, um, if you're with people, they're not gonna like it. So you're not even gonna, not even gonna go there probably. Yeah, but like, is it weird if like I start cuddling my girlfriends? Why would that be weird? You have more because I'm married. Oh, oh, your you know girlfriends. I mean? My girlfriends that are girls. Oh, my friends okay. that are girls. Oh, my friends that oh, are girls. Oh, oh. Like, yeah, cuddling your girlfriends would be weird. So why is it not weird that it's that I'm cuddling my guy friends? Eh, okay, that's <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, um, I guess. I guess. I guess the the idea would just be perceived that like. Uh, um, uh, heteronormative culture that there could be more to it. You know, this kind of touches on your last episode, but that there yeah, could be yeah. more to it when it's with girlfriends. But um, like Sheila, maybe. you cuddling with chicks all the time? I mean, no. Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do, have Have you ever? But you're not over physically affectionate no so yeah, that's yeah, neither am I. that's yeah. the thing like I, I grew up not like there wasn't a lot of physical affection in my family but one of my best friends grew up in a family that's very physically affectionate like lots of kissing lots of like sitting on each other's laps like just very comfortable with each other and that like was so alien to me and it took i we've now been friends for like probably 14 years and like now i'm like more comfortable with like like just just like literal physical interaction but it took a really long time. Like that was just really, and it had nothing to do with like, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's my best friend. Like I just, it was so unusual to me. I don't know. I thought yeah. I was your best friend. <laughs> best male friend, Alex. Besides Sebastian. That's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be Whatever. Cool. Something sorry, sad. I didn't cuddle you, Sheila. I'm so sorry. That's what did it. No, said something snarky when I said Sebastian, so I want to know what he said, but I can't hear him. No one can. He's gonna make an make Except an appearance. Me. I'm sorry, oh, Sebastian. Dude, he, can if, you bleep if, that? If Heron, I can. I can. I have to edit because I think I've said like and dick like way too many times. <laughs> it's gonna be three beeps in a row, everybody. That's gonna be awesome. That's the first thing that's gonna happen. <laughs> So happy nice. we could all be a part of this. <laughs> I'm history. honored. Um, I think uh, I think we're at like a really good spot right now. Um, what I would like to talk about later with people is some of the stuff that we've been discussing. Now. Like I, I'd like to discuss gender roles um, and on a on a separate episode type of thing. Like what's okay, what's not okay. Um, if anyone has any like parting words though for for like the audience like oh man i wish i would have like said this differently or oh i wish i could have told you this so that you could be a better person i'd just like to invite everybody to say that right now and then end with amen um all i want to add is that like i think that um a 
women are an important part of the conversation about masculinity and not in like a um like a self-important way but like we have a responsibility to support men in like not perpetuating whatever these like expectations are um and I think that that can be things like like supporting paternity leave and because I just know in my at work what what else I want to I want to talk about maternity paternity leave on something at some point yeah yeah we could do like a but like I think mapa I think that like that's like just an example or like supporting men who want to go into nursing or education or like previously like male dominated field or female dominated fields um I think that like women play a role in that too and that's I think that's the only last point I wanted to make Todd um no I think I'm good thanks for thanks for letting me be part of the conversation Jer Bear sorry I didn't have a nickname for you Todd that's okay Todd, Todd, Todd emasculated God. at Jer Bear. Um, Are you ca- the, a bear? You're uh, you're emasculated <laughs> by awesome, one of the yeah. most dominated <laughs> creatures that roams the land. Almost killed Leonardo um, DiCaprio. Almost. Really? He won an Oscar. Wow. So, so I would say maybe you'll have to edit this out because I don't know where, where this is going before I start talking. Just go, my friend. But you know, I I, I like a as as to use Todd's own words here, I like a massively inclusive definition of masculinity or of manhood or what it means to be a man. And if if someone doesn't feel like they are manly enough, uh, I that like that's a problem. But it's not a problem with who you are. It's just a problem of the way you're looking at yourself. And if you want to be more manly, then like that's something you can do. But you don't have to feel like you're not manly enough. And so, I mean, I know that's kind of confusing because, you know, it sounds like I'm being contradictory, but I don't think I am. No, I like that, Jared. Actually, that was good. I was thinking of saying that as my parting words, so I'm glad you said it. Todd God. I, I couldn't come up with any other rhyme. I'm sorry if that's oh, like too blasphemous. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> Todd with the bod. Todd oh, bod. That's even better. That may or may Todd. not have been a nickname that was used by my wife and her friends when we first started dating. That's so <laughs> That's so hot. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I don't have anything to add. I just look forward to like more conversations that we're going to have regarding a lot of different subjects. Um, that is to say, like we'll probably talk about this after we sign off and everything. But uh, Todd and Jared, thank you ton for uh, for coming in today. Sheila, we could have we could have done it without you, but like uh, because we're masculine <laughs> no masculine men and we can handle it. Is what I is ultimately want. I want everybody. We to need know. women. We are not capable by ourselves. That's right. Okay, That's right. Jared, easy there. Going all PC there. <laughs> um, no, I agree. Like, I would just like to like end it the same way that I always do. I think that we can all. Um, I know that I have this in my subscribe slash give us five stars slash go to iTunes, listen and whatever. But like, I really do think that all of us can be better than what we are. And if we're not trying to be better then not 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 to say that like oh that means like you shouldn't be here or like end your life or anything like that but it should be more of a wake-up call to like you have this one chance at life try to be the best person that you can possibly be regardless of of gender regardless of masculinity masculinity femininity i don't know if i said that correctly um can you use that in a sentence um but like ultimately i think that 
every single person can be better than what they are. And if we don't have goals and we're not striving to be better, then not only are you wasting this one chance that you have at life, you're potentially screwing up things for future generations as well. So once again, I'm not saying like, oh, your life is worthless. Your life means so much to everybody and so much to so many people in the future. And the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, I hope that you give it a listen. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. just thought man there was some good stuff in that too way to go jared man you know what this you're fired all right it's just todd sheila and i um all right let's let's unrecord right now unrecord you mean stop (laughs) 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 um okay uh i really like the format of your show by the way it's just very very chill and uh very good for conversations what's it called again let's talk about it let's talk about it now todd (laughs) What? After I, I, I call I've you, been on an episode, I, I didn't you. even know the name. No, dude, no joke. Uh, so Jared, um, I get my call. Like they had already set a date. I get my call for the twenty first of of uh, July, and they get married the twenty third. Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Like the twenty fourth of July that year. That's the worst. Yeah, it was funny. I was like, "Sorry, I love God." So. <laughs> I, uh, when when I opened my call, you know, I'm reading it, and it's uh, you like your call, whatever, blah blah blah. Just speak the, the Spanish 17th language. Seventeenth of November. When does Harry Potter come out? Oh, oh no! no! Yeah. That's what you thought. That's that's so I, comparable, Jared, to missing uh, your best friend's wedding. But yeah, 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 very comparable. Oh, it was. It was very terrible. comparable. I, I relate to this. The, Part one of Deathly Hollows <sighs> by a week. Can Wait, I just so say something? can you not see movies when you're on your mission? At not all? Generally. Like, no. Not without special permission. Dark Knight's like approaching like the 10 year anniversary, right? Because like the movie theater by me is doing No, some no, 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 no. Night. Sheila, Sheila, you're, you're so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, July 17th. <laughs> July 17th was the 10 year anniversary. Oh, it already passed. So I was really close, Alex. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Three days off oh, compared yeah, yeah, yeah. to your Could one you imagine year off. If a doctor wow. was like, yeah, I was really close to cutting out all of the cancer. <laughs> you were one year off on her marriage. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, was, what are you talking about? My I age was, of I was marriage. Like two days off. I was a day. No off. age. You said I was twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. And he's gone. I didn't see him leave. Yeah. This is always awkward. Every time this happens, like you think that the conversation is just going to keep going, and then I make it awkward, and I just <laughs> I freak out. I freak out. <laughs>
That was really good. You guys were so good. That was so good.